listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Um, I want you to open with me. We're going to start. I'm going to jump right in because I got this word in my spirit for you tonight. And you saw I put it in the uh, description of the broadcast, God Answered by Fire. And uh, I'm going to talk about this tonight because especially right now, what I'm seeing happening right now around this nation and around the world This is something that needs to be heard without question. And so I'm going to start tonight in 1 Kings chapter 18, and uh, and then I'm going to move move through to a few other verses and show you some things about the fire of God, uh, something that I don't think is talked about uh, nearly enough, not nearly enough, but the fire of God. If you're a Pentecostal believer, um, you believe what the Bible says. John the Baptist said it, Luke chapter 3 and verse 16 In fact, since I'm referencing it, let's just start there. Luke chapter uh, 3 and verse 16. If you didn't get a chance to share, do it now because sharing is caring. If you love it, you'll share it. Keep my commandments. Uh, Luke chapter 3. Hey, Ann. Hey, Candace. Um, Luke chapter 3 and verse 16. This is the other 316 scripture that nobody talks about. But listen to what John the Baptist said. John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. Now look at this. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You see that? He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Very important that you catch this tonight. Not just the Holy Spirit. You know, I've heard, I've heard people say, even growing up in Pentecostal church, you know, you hear people say that, you know, that's Holy Ghost fire. And, you know, I, I understand what they're saying and I understand what they mean. But uh, this verse of scripture does not say that when Jesus comes, he will baptize us in Holy Ghost fire. It says he will baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Two separate things. You see that? Two separate things. He will baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Very important that you see this. And so um, when we're getting into tonight, what we're going to talk about tonight is the fire of God, the fire of God, two different things that need to be looked at and seen and experienced and talked about differently, the Holy ghost and with fire. And so there are truly, according to John the Baptist, two separate, uh, and, and I'm not saying they happen at separate times, but they're two distinct things in this baptism a baptism in the Holy Ghost, and a baptism in fire. And I'm going to explain to you what that means uh, from the Word of God in just a moment. But I had you turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18, and I want you to see this because this will open up your eyes to what this is truly talking about, the Holy Ghost and with fire. What is the fire of God? What Truly, what is the the fire of God? That's the question we're asking tonight. And um, I'm going to start with... uh, I'm in 1 Kings 18. Look at starting with verse 23. Of course, you know the context. Elijah is on the top of Mount Carmel. He's getting ready to go into a showdown with the prophets of Baal about whose God truly is God. 
is if it's Baal, let him answer. If it's Jehovah, let him answer. And notice this. It's 1 Kings 18, and I'm going to start with verse 23. Let two bulls be given to us, and let them choose one bull for themselves, and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And I'll prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God, and I'll call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. That's the key right there. If you'll see what happened in just that one moment, notice what he said. He said, and you call upon the name of your God, and I'll call upon the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. That's powerful, man. The one who answers by fire. And so really what he's saying is, let's both talk to our gods. Let's both talk to our gods. And the one who is able to answer, the one who is able to answer us. Notice this. They, people preach this, this story like they were both calling fire down from heaven. They weren't calling fire down from heaven. He, he wasn't calling fire down. He said, let's talk to our gods. And the one who answers by fire. Now, there's a reason for that, and I'll say it in a minute. But notice, it wasn't, they weren't sitting up there saying, set the fire, set the fire. They were speaking to their gods, speaking and waiting for an answer, waiting for an answer to essentially what is their prayers. The one who can answer prayers, the one who can answer by fire, he is God. So let's go further. Let's go to verse 27. The Bible says, oh, that you know, and I can keep on reading here. They they took the bull that was given, they prepared it, called on the name of Baal morning till night, saying, Oh Baal, answer us. But there was no voice. No one answered. And they limped around the altar that they'd made. And at noon, I love this, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is God. He's either musing or he's relieving himself. <laughs> One translation, using the bathroom. Or he's on a journey. Maybe he's on a journey. Perhaps he's asleep and must be wakened. And so he stands there and mocks them. You know what I learned from this story? That the Lord doesn't mind if you mock the devil. Does not mind it at all if you mock the devil. And he stands there and Elijah getting all sarcastic. Well, maybe he's on a trip. Maybe your God went to the bathroom. Maybe send him a direct message. Maybe you should send him an at reply on Twitter. He can't hear you. Maybe he's taking a nap. You know, he's standing there just mocking them, just mocking them. And the Bible says, and they kept on crying aloud and cut themselves with swords and lances and the blood gushed out upon them. Midday passed, they raved on until the, the time of offering of the uh, oblation, but there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. I love it. Listen to those three things. There was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. You see that? There was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. That's because he was no God and is no God. You see that? No one, there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. But then go on further, verse 30. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. And all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. And then I want you to jump down with me to the end of verse 33. And he said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering 
and on the wood. This is such a powerful part here. Because if you'll recognize something, if you recognize this, they were in a time of drought. It had not rained. There had been no rain by prophetic declaration. Everything was dry. And so I want you to see two things here. Two things that you you need to get out of this that maybe you've never seen about this part of the story. Because they were in a drought, everything was extremely dry. The wood would have been dry. Everything would have been dry. And so I think one of the reasons that he says pour the water over the sacrifice and the altar is because number one, he wanted there to be no confusion that if this thing catches on fire, no one's going to say, well, you know, it was a dry season. And, you know, I, I drove by that, that uh, you know, Smokey the Bear sign and it said extremely dangerous, flammable woods right now. You know, uh, the wood was super dry and, you know, we are in the desert and top, top of a mountain. And, you know, I'm sure maybe a spark came through the air somehow and lit the wood up. He wanted there to be no confusion about what was getting ready to happen. No one was going to be able to say, well, something happened. There was a coincidence. Somehow fire sparked up or, you know, I don't, I don't really know how the altar caught on fire. No, take those pots, fill them with water and cover, not just the uh, uh, meat that had been sacrificed and laid, but cover the wood, cover everything. That's what he's saying. Cover everything. And then once they'd done it, he said, now do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. So first, he's soaking that thing so nobody could ever say it was a coincidence that the altar caught on fire. That when God answers them, God and God alone will get the glory for what's about to happen. But now think about this. In my mind, the truest sacrifice that he gave to God was not the animal, but the water. Because think about in the time of severe drought, what is the most valuable element in a, in a severe drought? It's water. Without a doubt, it's water. And there had not been rain for a long time by prophetic declaration. And the thing that he gave God that was most precious in that moment was not the bull, but the water that he poured again and again and again on the sacrifice until the altar was soaked, until the bull was soaked, and until the water filled the trenches below the altar. He gave God what was most precious in a time of drought. He gave him the water. Notice this. And the Bible says, then at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God. Notice he's praying that you are God in Israel, that I'm your servant, that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. Then, hallelujah. Notice, show me one time in that, show me one time in that prayer where Elijah says, let the fire fall, let the fire fall. He does, he's not asking God to send down the fire. He's talking to God and saying, answer me, O Lord, so that these people will know that you alone are truly God. And notice this, when God answered, hallelujah, verse 38, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering 
and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Hallelujah. And the people saw it. They fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. I want you to see this because Luke said that when Jesus comes, he will baptize us in the Holy Ghost and with fire. Two elements in the New Testament that turn you into a supernatural being. Two elements. I want to talk about that tonight. Two elements that turn you into a supernatural being. Number one, we know is the Holy Ghost. But number two, the second thing is the fire of God. What is the fire of God? That's the question I want to ask you right now. What is the fire of God? Well, first of all, we know that the Bible says in John chapter one and verse one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You go down to the 14th verse verse, and what does it say? And the word became flesh, hallelujah, and dwelt among us. So the word of God is God. You see that? The word of God is is God. But then what does the Bible say in Deuteronomy? I believe it's chapter six, the exact reference. I don't know off the top of my head. I believe it's chapter six. It says, our God is a consuming fire. What does it say? Our God is a consuming fire. So we know God is a consuming fire. Not only is God a consuming fire, if God is his word, then guess what? The Bible teaches us his word is is fire. And so as Elijah was on top of Mount Carmel and he began to talk to God, when God talked back to him, his word came down as what it is. His word is fire. The prophet Jeremiah knew it. He said, Lord, these people want me to shut up. They don't want me to prophesy in your name. But every time I'm quiet and I hold my peace, I can't stand it. He said, your word is like a fire shut up in my bones and I'm weary of holding it in. The fire of God's word got into Jeremiah's bones and he couldn't hold the word in. Not only that, God spoke to Jeremiah. He said, because of the people's rebellion, I will put my word in your mouth like a fire and I will make the people dry wood. The word of God is the fire of God. The word of God is the fire of God. As Elijah began to speak to God, when God spoke back, the fire of his word came down. The same fire that left his mouth is the same fire that got into Jeremiah when he began to prophesy. The fire of God's word. It's the fire of God's word. Hallelujah. It's the Holy Ghost and it is fire. The two elements in the New Testament that make you a supernatural being. John the Baptist said, when Jesus comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Two elements that you have that take you into the supernatural realm. The baptism of the Holy Ghost and access to the mighty word of God, which is the fire of God. And when you speak it, the same fire that comes out of his mouth is the same fire that comes out of your mouth. And that fire consumes every wicked thing. It burns up and destroys every wicked thing. 
That's what he said, Brandon. Is not my word like fire? That's exactly right. That's what God told the prophet Jeremiah. And you understand that God's word is fire. How does he lead us? He leads us by his word. Hallelujah. He leads us by his word. Makes me think of even in the Old Testament, as the children of Israel were going through the desert, through the wilderness, the Bible says that it was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. A pillar of fire by night as they walked. When other people couldn't see, the word of the Lord led them forward and that fire. Notice the fire didn't follow them. They followed the fire. That's important. The fire didn't follow them. They followed the fire. God's word's not behind me. It's going out in front of me. God's word is going out in front of me. I dealt with this today on the um, broadcast of my friend, Pastor Brian, where the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, God is our righteousness. That's Jehovah Sitkanu. God is our righteousness. That helps you to understand deeper what the Bible is saying in Isaiah 58 and verse eight, where the Bible says, then your light will break forth like the morning and your health will spring forth speedily and your righteousness will go before you. What does that mean? Well, if you understand God is our righteousness, it shows us that God is the one going out in front of us, making the crooked places straight, destroying every obstacle, destroying every enemy, opening up the way. The fire of God is going out ahead of us and destroying every wicked thing that was sent to take us out. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you tonight that two two elements that the Holy Ghost has given us, the power of his spirit and the power of his word. God has answered us by fire. And in this New Testament day we're living in, we're not just filled with the power of his spirit, we're filled with the fire of his word. And the same way Jesus was able to open up his mouth and speak the fire of God and dead people had to get up is the same way that when you speak the word of God, that things have to flee. The devil has to flee from you. Do you know the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know, it's interesting because many people read that verse and then they ask, well, how do you resist the devil? How do you resist the devil? I'll tell you how you do it. The same way Jesus did it. If you look at his temptation in the wilderness for 40 days, every time the devil would come to him and bring a temptation, he would say, no, it is written. What would he do? He would answer his enemy with the word of God. It is written. You know, I know you're hungry, Jesus. If you're truly the son of God, why don't you turn these stones into bread and break your fast? He say, no, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What did he do? He answered him by the word. And that fire, I want you to see something, because that fire causes the devil to flee from you. And it's interesting to me, because when Jesus is answering the enemy back, listen to what the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 and verse 13. After answering him with the word, answering with the word, look what the Bible says. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. You see that? It makes, it's, it, it's actually, 
when you speak the word, when you answer your enemy by the word, it creates a very inconvenient time for him to be around you. Think about that. It creates an inconvenience when the devil has to flee from you. He can't stay and keep harassing you when you answer him by the word of God. The fire of God comes out of your mouth. The fire of God. You know, what's interesting is I was even studying. I was even studying in the book of Revelation chapter one. And the Lord said, look at the picture. Look at the picture of Jesus that John saw on the Isle of Patmos. And I started to read it. And the Bible says that uh, John turned to see who was speaking to him. And he said, I saw a man whose hair was white like wool, as white as snow, whose eyes were a flame of fire. Out of his mouth proceeded a two-edged sword, and his voice thundered like many ocean waves. His skin was bronze like it had been refined in the fire. Begins to describe what Jesus looked like, the glorified Jesus. And the Lord said, you see that? He said, look at that picture. And uh, I saw that it said, and his eyes were a flame of fire. I said, Lord, I thought you said his word was fire. And here we see that the eyes, the eyes, it says his eyes are like a flame of fire. And I said, show me that because I don't understand. Why is it saying that his eyes are a flame of fire? And the Lord said, if you'll turn to Jeremiah chapter one, you'll find the answer. And I turned there and I began to read. And when it hit, I looked at um, verse 12, Jeremiah 1, 12. Listen to this. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Hallelujah. And the Lord said, see that his eyes are not fire. They're just reflecting the fire of the word that he's watching for he's always watching over his word to perform it. He's always watching over his word. His eyes reflect the fire of the word that goes out of his mouth. His word is a flaming fire. Hallelujah. And there's no demon that can match the power. There is no sickness that can match the power. There's no bacteria nor virus that can match the power of the mighty word of God. The fire of God is the mighty word of God. Catch that tonight. The fire of God is the mighty word of God. And we have the power of the spirit and we have the fire of God's word. Two elements. I'm working on a book. I don't know when it'll come out. I'm just in the outlining phase right now, but I have so many notes on it that I, I don't even, I've got so much content, but the, the, the book is going to be called Blood, Wind, and Fire. Blood, Wind, and Fire. And it's going to actually be, talk, be talking about how Christ turned men into gods with three elements, blood, wind, and fire. The blood of Jesus, the wind of the Holy Spirit, and the fire of his word. So understand, there is a fire that is the word of God that destroys every barrier. It destroys sickness, destroys disease, destroys poverty, destroys lack, destroys depression, destroys anxiety. The mighty word of God. It's, I mean, it's, so, it's so forceful. I mean, I want you to think about this. It's so forceful that there's no other element in the universe that is more powerful than it is. In fact, not even the name of God Hallelujah. Not even the name of God. For the Bible says in Psalm 138 and verse 2, and it's rendered in a couple of different ways depending on which uh, translation you're reading, but either way you read it, listen to this. Psalm 138 and verse 2. 
I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. So in one translation, it says that your name backs up your word. In another translation, you've exalted your word above your name. It doesn't matter which one it is. It means the same thing. Whether he's exalted his word above his name or whether his name backs up the power of his word, it's the same thing. The integrity of God's name is behind his word. It's like if you've ever met somebody. It's like if you've ever met somebody that you just knew that their word wasn't good through experience. You know, they've made you promises in the past and uh, because there were promises made to you and and, and that never got kept and all that, you just know that when they speak, everybody's like, well, yeah, we'll see if that happens. You know, we'll we'll see if that comes to pass. Why? Because their integrity is not good. Their word is not good. But when God says he backs up his word with all the power of his name, That's why the Bible's so clear. God is not a man that he should lie. God does not and cannot lie. So when he speaks a thing, it has to come to pass. When he says it, it has to take place. (laughs) In one way of saying it, yes, if you're a 90s rapper, word is bond. And so you understand it has to take place. He even says about his own word in Isaiah 55, He said, when I send my word out of my mouth, it never returns to me empty or void. Listen, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And so you got to understand God's word doesn't fail and cannot fail. It always performs and it always succeeds. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching, I want you to put it in the comments. God's word always performs and succeeds. Put that in the comments. God's word always performs and succeeds. Every single time. Always performs and succeeds. Without question. See, that's why you can trust God's word. People have tried to prove it wrong for decades and hundreds and hundreds of years, centuries. They've not been able to do it. They've tried to wipe it off the map and they've not been able to do it because God's word is eternal. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Never pass away. God's word is his fire. And so I just want to give you a few things here that'll stir you up. Why do we need the fire of his word? Why do we need the fire of his word? I'm going to give you four things. Are you ready for this? I want you to write it down. First of all, first of all, his word or that fire empowers you. Hallelujah. That fire empowers you. You look at the day of Pentecost. They didn't just get filled with power from on high and baptized in the Holy Ghost, but flames or tongues of fire sat upon their head. You shall receive power. The fire empowers you. There is no power greater than the power of God's word. If you think that there's a difference, I want you you to think of it this way. You can't have Holy Spirit power without the word of God. Let me just be plain about that. There is no Holy Spirit power outside of the word of God. Because number one, God's spirit 
will never contradict his word. That's first. The spirit and the word agree. They agree together. So you can't have the power of the spirit without the fire of God's word because they work together. So the spirit will never do something that contradicts God's written word. And so it's important. I've said this for a long time now that the power of God's spirit travels in the vehicle of his word. You hear that? The power of God's spirit travels in the vehicle of his word. This word carries the power of the spirit. When Watch this. When we preach it, it manifests. You see that? Paul even said nobody can be saved. You can't even have salvation without the fire of God's word. That's Romans chapter 10. He said nobody can be saved because how can they believe in someone they've never heard about? How can they hear unless something is preached to them? How can they preach unless they're sent? I mean, he goes through the whole Romans road, Romans chapter 10. You can't even have salvation without the fire of God's word. Think about that. And so when the word of God is preached, the truth of God's word, the power of his spirit travels in the vehicle of that word. That's why there's a a common colloquialism among preachers that you get what you preach. You get what you preach. Why? Because God honors his word and backs it up with signs and wonders. But see, because of the fact that people's faith is built specifically based on what's being preached, You've got to preach that thing in order for faith to be built in that area in order for the Holy Ghost to work in that vein. I'll give you an example. If I'm believing God for people to be healed, I don't come into a service and preach on something different than healing. (laughs) If I want to see God operate in healing power, I preach on the power of healing and deliverance. Why? God honors that word. Number one I'm preaching it and the fire of God's word goes out and the people who hear me preach it, their faith is built in that area of healing and deliverance. As their faith is built, they step out to receive by faith the word that went out and the Holy Ghost honors his word by manifesting what was preached. If I want to see people baptized in the Holy Ghost, I preach on the baptism and power of the Holy Ghost. And then faith is built in that area of their life to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's what Paul did in Acts 19. You remember? What did he say to the 12 men in Ephesus? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? What was their answer? We've not even heard there is such a thing as the Holy Ghost. That means they couldn't have faith to receive the Holy Ghost because they'd never even heard They'd never even heard of the Holy Ghost. So what did he do? He preached to them about Christ because they weren't even saved. He found out later they'd only been baptized in water, baptism and repentance in water, signifying repentance, John's baptism. He gets them saved after preaching Christ unto them. And then once they're done, he lets them know and lays his hands upon them and they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. None of that would have ever been possible unless the fire of God's word came out of Paul's mouth to those 12 men in Ephesus. It changed their whole life because one man showed up with the fire of God's word in his spirit. A man named Philip showed up in Samaria after there had been a dispersion of the Jews from Jerusalem for persecution. 
and begins to preach the gospel to the Samaritans. And people are getting demons cast out of them. Healing is taking place. Deliverance is happening. And the Bible says there was great joy in the city. They heard the gospel and many were saved in the city. None of that would have been possible without the fire of God's word going out of Philip's mouth and creating an environment where God's spirit can move. God's spirit works with his word. They work together. They work together. God bless you, Ted. They work together. And so I want you to see, number one, the fire empowers you. The fire empowers you because without the fire of God, there is no power of God. Without, think about that, without the fire of God's word, there is no power of God's word. So let me give you an example. That's why you can be from another religion and preach preach from whatever holy book you hold true to. You know, you can be from the nation of Islam and preach out of the Quran, but miracles aren't going to happen. Signs and wonders aren't going to take place because it's not the fire of God's word. It's not the fire of God's word. You could be a new age philosopher and read out of whatever they consider to be holy and whatever, you know, whatever at this point, any religion doesn't matter. It does not matter. And there's not going to be manifestations of power because what they're preaching is not the fire of God's word. It takes the fire of God's word for the manifestations of power to take place. Thank you, Glenn and Denise for sowing a seed. I appreciate it. Thank you. If anybody wants to follow their uh, lead, you can put hashtag donate in the comments section to sow a seed. Number two, the second thing that happens is it doesn't just empower you, but the fire of God distinguishes you, distinguishes you as a true child of the only living God, the only living God. Hallelujah. See, miracles are the proof that Jesus is alive and that God is the only true and living God. That's what Elijah was doing on top of Mount Carmel. Let's just break it down. Whosoever God answers by fire is the true and living God. And so you understand this, it distinguishes you and sets you apart from every other people group, from every other religion, it sets you apart. Makes you different. You're different, hallelujah, because of the fire of God's word. It distinguishes God's people and sets us apart from everybody else. I remember if I've ever told you that story when Brother Shambach was overseas in a nation where they did, it was not predominantly a Christian nation. He was preaching a crusade and uh, in that little stadium that he'd rented, you know, held thousands and thousands of people, but people weren't coming out. They weren't having the crowds pack the stadium out, you know, and uh, he was, he was upset. He was actually, he was pretty bothered by the fact they weren't having an impact like they wanted, weren't weren't seeing souls saved like they wanted. And God gave him an idea because one lady came forward and she needed her blind eyes to be opened. So she came forward for prayer and he got an idea. He said to the interpreter, tell the people in the crowd that I'm going to pray for this woman first in the name of Muhammad. And the interpreter's eyes got wide and he looked, he's like, I'm not saying that. He said, no, I want you to tell him. I'm going to pray for this woman in the name of Muhammad. And so finally the interpreter built up enough courage to say it. And so he said, and then he laid his hands on the woman's eyes and prayed in the name of Muhammad. I command these eyes to come open. Took his hands off. And he said, 
she was still as blind as before. Somebody asked him, what would have happened if her eyes would have opened? He said, I would have changed religions. <laughs> he said, nothing happened. He said, now tell him I'm going to pray in the name of uh, Krishna. Prayed. He went through every name of every false god he could think of and prayed and prayed, and her eyes stayed as blind as they were from the beginning. He said to the interpreter, now tell them, I'm going to, be, I'm going to pray in the name that's above every other name, the name of Jesus. And he laid hands on the woman and he said, in the name of Jesus, I command these eyes to come open. And when he took his hands off of her eyes, she said something in her language. He said to the interpreter, what did she say? <laughs> he said, she's saying, I can see you, you're white. <laughs> and she got her miracle. Well, let me tell you, she went around and gave her testimony about what Jesus, not any other God, Jesus had done for her. And when the next night came, the stadium was packed full of people, packed full of people that had heard what Jesus could do for a woman who was blind. And when the altar call was given, the altar was packed with people that were giving their heart to the Lord. What changed the whole thing? What changed it is the fact that the fire of God distinguishes us from every other thing. From every other God, every other religion, every other thought process or philosophy, it is the mighty word and power of God. There's nothing like this Bible in the universe, nothing, nothing. This is the most wonderful treasure that we have ever been given. Just this collection of 66 books is by itself a supernatural miracle. I don't think people really understand. I mean, it's one of my favorite subjects, but I don't think pe people fully understand the miracle that is our Bible. I don't think they understand how, that it was written over a period of 1,500 years on multiple continents by many authors from many different trades, from many different backgrounds, that many, you know, different languages, different caste systems, and literally, it's a miracle that these books all came together. They don't contradict each other. They tell the same weaving story from beginning to end of redemption. It's a miracle that these books never passed away, that we didn't lose them in any, in any way, shape, or form, that we have more copies of manuscripts and fragments of manuscripts than any other book from antiquity. It is the most wonderful miracle. It is God's word, and it's an answer to you know, the prophecy of Christ, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. We have a miracle in our hands and think about it. The average Christian probably has 10 of them sitting around the house. And how often do they pick one up to open it and to ingest the mighty word of God? Supernatural, supernatural. Wow. Look at that. Tina saying, the blind shall see in the name of Jesus. My son was born blind and through Jesus, he could see and doctors said it was impossible and I could not give, could not give a medical reason why, but she knows why. One name, Jesus. That's right. That's exactly right. Our God is the only true and living God and the, the word of God is the fire of the Holy Ghost and it distinguishes us from everybody else. Think about this. The fire of God doesn't just empower you. It doesn't just distinguish you, but it purposes you. That's number three. It purposes you. It gives you a purpose out of the word of God, not just the written word, but his spoken word. We still hear the word of the Lord today. 
The Holy Spirit still leads and guides us into all truth. He's still speaking to every individual believer and can lead you in what he's called you to do. And he purposes you. It's different. Everyone's calling and purpose is different, but he purposes you. Makes me think of when Moses stood in front of the burning bush. Hallelujah. This just show you. This will just show you. Because notice this, the bush was, it looked like the bush was on fire, but it looked like it was a miracle because the bush was not being burnt up or consumed. But I want you to think about this. The bush was not actually on fire. It's just that the word of God was inside the bush. Hallelujah. Man, the word of God was inside the bush because as Moses stood in front of it, the word of God came out of the bush to Moses. The word of God was in the bush. The bush wasn't on natural fire. There was a supernatural fire residing in it, and the word came out of it to Moses. Hallelujah. And gave him a purpose, told him where to go, told him what to say, told him how to do it. It was a purpose that came upon Moses' life. Where did it come from? It came out of the fire of God because the fire of God will purpose you. Thank you, Jesus. There's people that are watching me right now that you feel like you're struggling in your purpose. See, that's why I'm taking these spirit of faith sessions. There's a spirit of faith that comes upon people as they get into the mighty word of God and let that faith rise supernaturally. The gift of faith, the gift of faith. The word of God was in the bush and it came out of the fire, got onto Moses and it became his purpose, became his purpose. And he fulfilled what God called him to do. And he stood in front of Pharaoh and said, let God's people go. And he said, I'm nervous to do it, Lord. Uh, who should I say sent me? Who should I say sent me when they ask who, who sent me? He said, tell him I am that I am has sent you. Thank you, Lord. Tell him, I am that I am. Has said. Can I just give you something as a side note? Thank you, Lord. This thing's stirring me up tonight. I feel like dancing around the studio. <laughs> I might before it's all said and done. Years later, as Jesus was praying in the garden and the soldiers came to get him, and he said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, Jesus of Nazareth was his natural name. That was his natural name. And when Jesus answered the guards, because when he asked them who they were looking for and they said, Jesus of Nazareth, he wasn't just identifying himself as Jesus of Nazareth. He was even expanding their understanding of who he truly was. Because when you read what the Bible says that he said, who do you seek? Jesus of Nazareth. I am he. The word he there added by translators so that you can understand what the context was. But what Jesus really said to them, if you read in the original manuscript, he said, I am. All capital letters, because he was saying the same thing to the guards that God said from a burning bush into the spirit of Moses. Who should I say sent me? Tell them I am that I am has sent you. My God. The word that was in the bush all those years ago 
was the same word that was in the garden. Hallelujah. It was the same word that was in the garden. And notice what happened because you may not be able to see it in the natural realm, but they felt that word come out of his mouth. Who are you, who are you seeking? Jesus of Nazareth. I am. And when he said it, every soldier fell backwards on their back, completely incapacitated by his revelation of who he was. I am. I am. You came here. See, here's the problem. You came here looking for a carpenter and you just found the most high God. It's different, my friend. You came here looking for a carpenter and who you found is the word that was in the beginning with God, that all things were created through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. That's who you just found. You didn't find a carpenter. I'm not going to come back and make rocking chairs. I am that I am. The same word that was in the bush is the same word that was in the garden. I am. Hallelujah. And the I am was too much for them. Hallelujah. Think about this. This is stirring me up tonight, man. I'm telling you, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I feel it. I feel the strength on this word. And you need to get catch it. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith over every one of you in a moment. In a moment, we're going to pray and God's going to do miracles. I believe it. I believe it. Sickness is leaving bodies. Depression is leaving minds. Suicidal thoughts have to go. Things are changing in Jesus' name. Things are changing. And so notice this, the I am, the same word that was in the bush is the same word that was in the garden. So when they took him through the crucifixion process, notice what he had to do. He had to go through and be silent. Did you ever think about that? He had to go through the process and be silent. Be silent. Why did he have to shut his mouth? Why did he have to be quiet? You have to hear this. Because if he was on the cross, at any moment, the Bible says, he could have called to his father and he would have sent angels to deliver him. But because he loved you and because he loved me, and knew that the crucifixion process was necessary. He said, I have to stay silent because my word is so powerful that when they question me, when people try to, whatever they may do, I'll just remain silent so that this thing can keep on moving forward. Because if I speak, you realize nobody could take his life from him. Nobody, nobody. We're in the passion week right now. Nobody took his life. People are fools if they go around saying, well, the Jews murdered Jesus. The Jews didn't murder Jesus. You can't murder the master. You can't. They tried to murder him before, and you can't murder him. They picked up stones to stone him, but they couldn't stone him. They tried to run him up a cliff to push him off the edge, but he passed through the crowd. They tried and tried and tried to murder the master, but you can't murder him because he's the one who said, I have the power to lay my life down and I've got the power to take it back up again. You can't murder Jesus. He laid down his life. Think about it. If the devil had taken his life from him, he would not have had the authority to pick it back up. But the devil didn't take his life. They didn't murder him. In fact, when the guards showed up, 
Because if you don't understand how someone dies via crucifixion, it's not by loss of blood. They hang there until they cannot breathe anymore and they suffocate to death. And they said if people were taking too long to die, soldiers would come by their cross and break their legs so that they couldn't hold themselves up to breathe anymore and their bodies would sag and their lungs would compress and they would suffocate to death. But the prophet prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus came, not a bone in his body would be broken. Psalm 22, I can count all of my bones. Why can you count all of your bones? Because not one bone was broken. Not one bone in his body would be broken. And that prophecy was fulfilled because of the fact that the guards came by to check on him. They came by to check on him. They were going to break his legs, but they were surprised to find that he was already dead. Why were they surprised? Because nobody dies that quickly from crucifixion. Nobody dies. How did he die? He gave up the ghost. Hallelujah. The Bible says he gave up the ghost. He cried out with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And as he did, please catch this. Notice the last thing Jesus did. He cried out with a loud voice, opened his mouth, and the fire of God came out of his mouth. How do I know? that the fire of God came out of his mouth one more time because as he shouted out with a loud voice and gave up the ghost, the earth began to shake. Think about this. The earth began to shake and the Bible says, and tombs of holy men and women surrounding the cross opened up and holy men and women stepped out of the tombs that had been dead. Hallelujah. Jesus' word, the fire of God came out of his mouth and dead people could not stay dead. Dead people had to get up out of their graves when he shouted. Thank you, Lord, when he shouted. Do you know that there's only three, I can only find three examples in scripture of Jesus raising his voice and shouting. One is in front of Lazarus' tomb. Lazarus come forth and the fire of God came out of his mouth and a dead man got up. The second time was on the cross and he lifted up with a cry with a loud voice and dead people got up. The third time that he shouts in scripture is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that he will descend from heaven with a commanding shout and the fire of his word will come out of his mouth again and the Bible says, and the dead in Christ will rise and get up out of their graves and those of us that are still alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. Hallelujah. When the fire of God's word goes out, it even brings the dead back to life. You think about this, how powerful the fire of his word is. Then in the final moments of time, at the end of the millennial reign of Christ, as Satan is loosed one last time and he gathers to himself an army, Christ will force him out onto the battlefield. We'll all be standing there too. Angels will be there. We'll be there. We'll be ready for battle. But Jesus won't even need us. He will not even need us to fight. For the Bible prophesies that he will subdue and destroy all of his enemies by the breath of his mouth and the glorious appearing of his majesty. Hallelujah. Just the breath of his mouth is enough 
to destroy all of his enemies. The mighty fire of his word. The mighty fire of his word. God has given us his word and it is his fire so that we can overcome in every aspect of life. Finally, I'll give you number four quickly. As I mentioned, in the desert, they were led by a pillar of fire. God's word, which is fire, leads us and guides us. He leads us by his word. He leads us by his word. And I'm telling you right now, we have access tonight to the fire of the mighty word of God. There's nothing higher than this. Recognize this. Nothing higher than this. Who is the word? I want you to write it in the comments. Who is the word? John chapter one. Tell me who it is. In the comments section, write it in. Who is the word? Write his name. The word is Christ. Christ Jesus is the word made flesh. He was in the beginning with God and he is God. Jesus Christ is the word. Let me read you something about Jesus before we pray. Jesus Christ is the word, but notice this. Let me read to you Ephesians chapter 1 verses 19 through 23. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all. Now that you've written Jesus Christ, write that term, far above all. I want you, I want to see it in the comments. Far above all. Pop it in and don't forget it. Christ is the word, and where is he? Far above all. Seated him in the heavenly places, far above all. Rule and authority and power, and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet. That's Keep writing it, far above all, far above all. All things under his feet, and gave him his head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Where is the word today? The word is far above all. Where is the word today? Far above all. The word is preeminent. The word of God is preeminent. Far above all. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places tonight and his word. He is the word, and it's far above all. Coronavirus, way down here. The word of God, way up here. Cancer cells, way down there. The word of God, way up here. Diabetes, arthritis, 
glaucoma, blood disease, every issue of the mind, depression, anxiety, ADD, ADHD, way down there, the word of God, way up here, far above all. Thank you, Jesus, far above all. The word of God, that is his fire, is far above everything that was sent by your enemy to take you out or to destroy your life. Far above all. I want you to hear me tonight. There is no evil thing that even can come close to where the word of God is in your life. The word of God is far above all. And in a moment when I pray, I'm praying. Remember this, we're not praying and asking God to do something that he's never done. We're not at, when we pray, when I lose healing virtue to you, when we pray, I'm not asking God to do something that he's never done before, that hopefully he'll move on your behalf. He has already moved. God has already moved. Notice this. He already destroyed sin and sickness and poverty and raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his own right hand far above all. It's done. Jesus said it is finished. It's finished. It's already done. What we're doing now is taking advantage of the benefits that have already been purchased for every one of us. Hallelujah. It's already done. And so as we pray in just a moment, and I know that you're believing God, I know that you're believing God, and I know I can't sit here and read every single prayer request that comes in, but if you are believing God, if you do have a prayer request tonight, do something to let me know. Put the praying hands emoji or something in the comments, whatever you do, do something like that to let me know that you've got a prayer request because I'm getting ready to join my faith with yours right now and believe God for miracles. We need miracles in 2020. We need miracles. We need faith to be built. So if you're believing for a miracle, you have a prayer request, throw some praying hands or something in the comments so I know that I'm standing with you. Yes, yes, I see you. I see you. I'm believing with you. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. Don't be depressed. Don't wonder why. Don't wonder how. God's going to take care of you. And in just a moment, as people are building their faith, amen. Thank you, Jesus, Robert. My friend Robert Conover is going to stand with me. He's a preacher of the gospel. He's got his supply. Now he's going to believe for your miracle with me. We're joining our faith. We're joining our faith. And God's going to do it. God is going to do it. Look at all those that have prayer requests. I'm standing with you. I'm standing with you. Every one of you that need a touch from heaven, we serve a wonderful Savior who's already done the work. It is finished. It's finished. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Every one. And tonight we take them by faith in Jesus' name. If you're with somebody, I want you to join hands. If you're got a house party, a watch party, join hands. If you're by yourself, bow your head unless you're driving your car, but bow your head and let's pray this together. I'm loosing the power of God, praying the prayer of faith in Jesus' name. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, now we pray for every man and every woman that's watching the broadcast tonight. Lord, those that have needs, they're crying out to you by faith tonight knowing that only you have the ability 
to answer prayers, to answer by fire. Only you do. There's no other God. Everything else is the works of men. Everything else is false, fake, fabricated. But you alone are the only true and living God. And so and now we petition you in the mighty name of Jesus. We boldly approach the throne of grace and we ask you, Lord, to lose healing virtue to every sick body tonight. Lord, you see all those that have requests, all those that are believing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray you touch them tonight supernaturally. Touch them by your power. In Jesus' wonderful name, make them whole. Those that are battling in their bodies, in their minds. Lord, I speak peace. I take authority over those harassing spirits of depression, anxiety, ADD, ADHD, suicidal thoughts. Loose your grip and let go in Jesus' name. Loose your grip and let go. And from this night, I lose joy and I lose peace to God's people. Thank you, Lord. Joy and peace to God's people. Overwhelming. Touch them tonight. Touch them by your power. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, there's those that are believing for miracles, even in their finances. As they've sown seed, as they've been faithful to tithe, as your word says, I thank you that you're removing every obstacle out of their way that would try to hold back their harvest and their increase. We declare this is a year of violent increase and expedited favor in Jesus' name. We declare this is a year that you will blow our minds in the natural realm, that we will see the goodness of God in our lives and families, that by the time we come to the end of this year, we'll be able to lift our hands and say, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Not we will serve the Lord, we do serve the Lord. We call it out. Household salvation in Jesus' name. Household salvation. Thank you, Lord. I give you glory. I give you praise. We call this thing done. Lord, let it quickly come to pass for your people. Quickly come to pass. Let testimonies come into our hands. Lord, before this week comes to an end, let us hold our testimony in our hand in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you in Jesus' name. That's it. Fibromyalgia has to go. Has to go. Coronavirus, pneumonia, issues of the respiratory system has to go in Jesus' name. We give you glory and we give you praise. If you believe that, I want you to throw some hands up in the comment section and shout aloud amen if you know that the word of God has already done it for you and you receive it by faith. Begin to give God praise where you are, no matter where you are. If you're in your car, I know some of you are driving. If you're at home in the living room, wherever you are, Begin to thank God and give him praise because he does what he says he does. And we praise him. You know why we praise him before we see the answer? We praise him because he's good for his word. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. Without question. Without question, he'll bring it to pass. He's a good God. I thank him that we serve a God who is a loving heavenly father who gives good gifts to those that ask him. I'm looking forward to it as well, Robert. Looking forward to the testimonies. It's been wonderful to hear from people that God's touching them. He's restoring marriages, relationships with children, healing physical bodies. I mean, it's it's wonderful. That was a wonderful testimony tonight. Son was born blind, but doctors couldn't explain how he could see. 
I'd never heard that testimony before. Praise God. That's phenomenal. He is King of Kings. He absolutely is Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. He is King of Kings and absolutely is Lord of Lords. I can't wait to see him when he comes. I am ready. And if you're watching the broadcast, you're not ready. I want to ask you to pray a prayer of salvation. Maybe you're watching somebody shared this. You jumped on. You don't even know why you're here. Maybe you're watching a replay. Maybe you're listening on a podcast somebody shared with you. If you're not saved, if you don't serve the Lord, if Jesus came tonight and you're not ready to see him, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, forgive me for my sin. I believe Jesus is Lord, and I believe that you raised him from the dead. Tonight, I'm asking you to make me new, and I thank you that your word says you're faithful to do what you said you'd do. So tonight, I'm a new creation. Old things are passed away, and all things have become new. In Jesus' name, amen. So good, Glenn. So good. So good. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, here's what I want you to do. Go to my website, miracleword.com. Click on the I Just Got Saved tab or button, whether you're on the mobile or if you're on the desktop version. And there's in that page, there's some things that we want to give you for free. We want to give it to you for free, and we want to send you some tools that will help you take next steps in the kingdom of God. And I have a short video I just want you to watch. I want to stay connected with you by name. Listen, if you've not yet signed up to be connected via text message, you can do that. Right on the screen, you'll see that website, miracleword.com forward slash text. You can literally put your contact info into my phone, and then we can stay connected via text message. And I would love to hear from you and, and know you by name, pray for you by name, get your prayer requests personally, and stand in faith with you believing. And I appreciate you guys doing it. We have wonderful people connected. I don't, I don't blow up your phone or anything like that, but I keep you updated. And I allow you to uh, keep me updated because I want to know what's going on with you as well. And we love you guys. Carolyn and I both love you very much. And I'm encouraging you because listen, these are important times we're living in. People need this gospel message more than they ever have, more than ever. Christ is coming soon. And so I'm challenging every one of you that, that are watching tonight. I'm challenging everyone to sow a seed of faith. doesn't matter where you're at. You have to do what the Lord speaks to you to do. There's people tonight that you know that you could step out in faith and do what God tells you to do. For some of you, that level of faith is a $1,000 seed. For others, it's $100. For others, it's $50. For some, it's $20. But the key is obeying what the Holy Spirit speaks to you to do because every one of us is at a different level. And it's important to obey the voice of the Spirit at the level you're currently standing in. Important to do that. Everyone's in a different place. We can't judge people by where they're at because everyone's getting a different instruction from the Holy Ghost. But the key, this is the key tonight, and hear what I'm saying. The key is that you obey the Lord at whatever level you're currently standing in, and that you step out and sow a seed. God has a plan to bless you financially in the midst. I'm, I'm going to tell you one thing. I don't trust the government to take care of me more than I trust God to take care of me. I'm not waiting for a bailout plan from the government. I'm not waiting for assistance from the government. I have a savior who takes care of his children. He is a supernatural provider and creator. 
Thank you, Draven, for sowing the seed. I love you, buddy. You're doing a great job every night. I want you to hear this. God has a plan to bless you. And the way that he looses that blessing to his children is by their obedience. When you obey and do what the Lord tells you to do, then he releases what he has planned to do. I heard a preacher say it this way one time, and I'll never forget it. He said, when you loose, yes, correct, Todd, you can go to miracleword.com and click on the partner button if you'd like to partner. And thank you for partnering with us. I don't know if it's Todd, Janine, Kyle, but thank you, Coolbaugh family. But understand this. I heard a preacher say that when you release what's in your hand, God will release what's in his hand. But the good news is his hand is always bigger than yours. So that the thing that seems like it's big to you as a step of faith, really compared to the harvest that's about to come back to you is not anywhere close. It's not anywhere close to what God has planned to give back to you. And uh, we used to sing that song when Brother Shambach was under the tent. You can't beat God giving no matter how hard you try. That's awesome. Welcome from Good News Chapel. Love you guys up there. Pray you're all doing well. We appreciate all of you very much and love you. Love Pastor Steve, Jess, everybody up there. Good News Chapel family. And so I want to encourage you. There's multiple ways you can sow by miracleword.com at the website. You can use hashtag donate on Twitter or Periscope, Facebook, or if you'd like to use one of the apps we have available, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo even, um, all that information's on the screen. You can easily sow a seed that way. Uh, people love to use Cash App, those that are in the United States. That's one of people's top uh, ways and, and favorite ways of giving now. I can see that clearly by how many people are using it. And listen, if you're standing with us this month, We've been teaching a lot on Bible prophecy. This is the book that we're going to be sending to you as our gift to you. It's called The End by Dr. Mark Hitchcock. It's a complete overview of Bible prophecy, and um, it's about 530 pages, phenomenal teaching, phenomenal teaching. And uh, so it's, it, it's, it's going to be a great book for you. We've been teaching some things out of this in the daytime, and uh, this is probably one of the best books I've ever read in my life. It's definitely the best book on prophecy I've ever read, and it's going to be our gift to you as well this month when you sow your seed. Every person that's sowing $1,000 or more, you know what we're doing. We're sending you one of my new favorite study tools, the Life Application Study Bible, Genuine Leather. We're making it out to your family. So much in here to build your faith and to help you go deeper in Bible study, just to say a big thank you to you guys. And we appreciate you standing with us in partnership. Every person that does. You can see some of our partners scrolling across the bottom, man. We love and appreciate and pray for you guys on a weekly basis. And uh, that's an excellent way to say it, Glenn. Put your seed where moth and rust and depreciation cannot touch it. Absolutely. I agree with you. I agree with you. Tomorrow, let me give you a special announcement. As those of you that are sowing your seeds are taking time to do that. Um, tomorrow... I'm going to be live preaching around the world on My Faith TV, uh, and that's multiple places, My Faith USA in the United States, My Faith UK, or, or Faith UK, and uh, My Faith Africa, uh, airing in about uh, 50 million homes in Africa, 18.3 million homes in the UK, 
and about 12 to 13 million homes in the United States. That's going to be live at 12 noon Eastern time. I'd love for you guys to join us. We'll repost the feed on our uh, Facebook page, but that's tomorrow as well as Friday. So tomorrow at 12 noon, Friday at 12 noon. And of course, we'll be back here tomorrow night and the rest of this week, 7 p.m. with the Spirit of Faith sessions. And uh, man, we love you guys so much and appreciate all the time you're spending with us. I pray you're built up in faith. I know you are. That's the purpose of these uh, sessions, to build your faith and uh, bring you into the next level. So we love you guys. I'm going to let you go. I'll talk to you again tomorrow in the morning. I love you so much. Have a wonderful night. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for everybody that's giving. Let's leave with some praise and some worship. I love you guys. Have a great night. Oh, yes. Are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? I said, are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? I got to say this again tonight. Oh, I'm a Pentecostal. I am unashamed. We're the book of action. We are still the same. Worship God the Father, lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire in every way. I'm a Pentecostal, I am unashamed. We're the book of Acts, we are still the same. We worship God the Father, lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire in every way. We ask you the same. We worship God the Father. Lift up Jesus' name. We're holy, ghost, and fire in every way. We've been known to get wild. Let our hair hang down. Drink till we get buried. Rolling on the ground. We cranked up the music. Danced all around. Shouting hallelujah as his glory came down it's just our style the way we do our thing oh we're the pentecostals that kind in jesus name i'm a pentecostal i am not ashamed we're the book of Adam. we are still the same we worship god the father lift up jesus name we're holy ghost and fire I'm a Pentecostal. I am unashamed. Read the book of Acts. Come on. We are still the same. We worship God the Father. Lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire. Can I say it again? Come on, clap those hands. Sound like camp meeting in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear me. We've been known to get wild. Let our hair hang down. Drink till we get married. Rolling on the ground. We cranked up the music. Danced all around. Shining hallelujah as his glory came down. It's just our style. The way we do our thing. We're the Pentecostals. We are still the same. We worship 
strange when I got this Holy Ghost I could not contain more exciting than a party higher than a drug it's the greatest feeling being washed in his blood if you're tired of tradition religion's done you wrong you're feeling tired and empty no longer have a fall the story's not over things for you can change the flame. There's millions who have come and millions on the way leaving their dead churches for this Pentecostal faith. There's a hunger in the world that gets stronger every day. They're crying out for Pentecost. That is why we say Fill me up with the Holy Ghost. Oh, 
Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.